The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hi there. It's Keith, creator of the Book of Constellations. All 16 episodes of Chapter 1 are now available for you to listen to, but the story isn't over yet. We have some fun new things coming for the show, and the best way to find out about them is to sign up for our newsletter. It'll have information about special events, announcements, merchandise, and other shows we've been working on. Plus, you'll get exclusive commentary and behind-the-scenes information not found elsewhere. To sign up, visit bookofconstellations.com, and let's stay connected. The Book of Constellations Written, produced, and performed by W. Keith Timms Chapter 1, Verse 15 That foray into the Capitol Archives was uh, two days before we confronted the governor. Two days before Rael changed the world. I know you still have uh, plenty of questions about what went down, about the truth of what happened. Not a day goes by, even now, where people don't come up here to ask me about it. So, I'll tell you what I saw, just like I saw it. No lies, no exaggerations. Just keep in mind that some of it I had to piece together after the fact. But I'm going to let you all decide for yourselves what it all means. (coughs) 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 All right. Well, here goes. There was no covering up our break-in. None of the security cameras got images of us. Rail saw to that. But, come on. We smashed through a metal wall, terrorized a clerk, made all sorts of crazy-sounding statements. Poor Leah Chin. I saw her interviewed a few times. I don't think she was built to handle attention like that. She never got rid of that caught-in-the-spotlight look. You know, she didn't even talk to anyone about Rail's strangeness on TV. Never talked about his gray skin. She probably thought no one would believe her, and she's probably right. But you know all the stories that spread. Attempted assassination on the governor. The terrorists who attacked Pilot Quaid strike again. Every news channel was running that. Oh, and now we got Quaid's supporters as the governor's personal army, carrying guns into the streets and finding the flimsiest of excuses to hurt people. I remember hearing about that police officer who got shot. About the family that was dragged out of their home. The capital was convulsing with hysteria and fury. 
the governor rolled out the National Guard, not to keep order, but to protect himself. I saw him on TV, too. He wasn't caught in the spotlights. He swallowed all that attention and turned it into rage with words like freedom and nation and God. He knew we were coming for him, and he was afraid. So he encircled himself with violence and little regard for anyone caught in it. After we escaped from the capital, I drove us out of town into the industrial areas of the city. Rail directed me to an abandoned factory, and we parked there, hidden from the road. And, uh, we just sat there a while. At first, we were locked into our own thoughts. None of us had forgotten what had happened with Leah Chen. Rail got up without a word and climbed up on the roof of the RV to look at the stars. But Satya didn't go with him, like she sometimes did. She went into the back and started flipping through the sketchbook that she had started on the road. A lot of her entries were drawings of Rael. They had gotten more detailed over time, you know. But now she was staring at them as if she didn't recognize them. I hauled myself back to the kitchen, took four ibuprofen. We had run out of the oxy by then. And I settled into the chair across from her and took her hand. I'm scared, Simon, she said. Since I've been traveling with you, I've never doubted that things would be okay. I've never doubted him. I trusted that no matter what, he would do the right thing. And now, I mean, if she hadn't given him the password, what do you think he would have done? If the police had found us, would he have fought them? Called down lightning? Brought down the building on them? And oh my god, the bridge and the river, did did he cause that? Did, Did he drown all those people? I don't think so. I mean... I don't know how it would be possible for him to do that. And he did try to warn them. I believe that whatever else he struggles with, he wants to do the right thing. I I have to believe that. I believe that too, but I, I think Rael is angry, Simon. You saw him in the capital. He hides it. He controls it. He fights it every day. I know I get frustrated when I think about men and the library, or Janice living under a bridge, or the hate propping up Pilot Quaid's followers. But you know as well as I do that Rail doesn't just see what we do. He sees, I don't know, everything now. He's staring at the callous cruelty of the worst of us, and the callous indifference of everyone else. How can you not feel anger at that? I wonder how much longer he can hold it at bay. And if Rael unleashes his anger, God help us. She's right, of course. And Mara was right. I don't want to think about what Rael would do if he lost his compassion and restraint again. Satya starts to cry, tears falling on her sketches, and I squeeze her hand. Just remember that whatever else he is, Rael is a person, and people are complicated. Rail is exceptionally complicated. He's still grieving for his own people. He's carrying around the entire history of a culture that lasted thousands of years, and he feels so much guilt. And now he's absorbing ours, too. But the fact that he's seen us for what we are and not turned his back on us gives me hope. Only because he believes that we'll be better when he defeats the darkness. I hope he's right. I hope we're worthy enough for him. 
Me too. Rail stayed up on the roof until dawn, and the sun's light brought him back inside. By mid-morning, the streets around the capital are crowded with angry, armed people. Pilot Quaid is doing a special appearance on one of the networks, positioned so the camera frequently got shots of his injured hand. Police and the National Guard are crawling all over the place. It's a mess. Rail settles into his usual spot at the kitchen table, sitting cross-legged, swallowed in his poncho. His face and hair are still streaked with plaster dust and pepper spray residue. He looks at the both of us through his dirty sunglasses, but seems to be struggling for words. Eventually, he says, I want to explain. There are riots in the capital. I've been watching it unfold. The demagogues are shouting. The soldiers are arming. The angry rush blindly into the street. Just like it began with my people. I've told you that I remember everything from my home. But not merely the things I lived through. But the memories and stories of others. The great events, yes. Music and war and achievements. But even insignificant quarrels or silly trends that happened long before I was born. My mother gave that to me before she died. And before I did. Two. Satya whispers. What? My mother was among a handful of people, scientists, engineers, librarians, and artists, who saw that my culture could not be saved. These people began a pair of desperate projects. The first they knew was unlikely to succeed in time. They thought, perhaps, that the minds of those who still lived could be transferred into... A machine, an artificial form capable of surviving in our ruined world. Satya murmurs, Oh God, Rahel. She reaches out to him, but he pulls back, dropping his gaze. He's uncomfortable and ashamed, but he pushes on. The second project was an attempt to preserve the entire history, culture, learning, and ideas of my people into a single database. They thought, perhaps, that if the first project failed, at least all we were and all we had done wouldn't be lost. Perhaps one day, millennia from then, another culture would discover what we had left behind. Perhaps it seems vain to spend so much energy on a kind of monument that, likely, will never be found. But we had lived, and in living gave the universe a voice. And what good is a voice? there is no one to hear it. But like all things with the darkness, we started too late. There was no time. The database had much, but there was so much that did not get included. And in the end, the first project had only managed to make a single artificial body. A prototype. He stares at the kitchen table, fingers twitching restlessly atop it. My mother's lap was empty and dark. Everyone was gone, but she and I, we were both very sick. I told her that it should be her, but what parent could do that? She told me that she loved me, and she told me to be strong. And then she did it, and I died, and awoke again with the entire sum of my people enmeshed in my mind. And then she died. 
And now, I find myself here, at this moment. My people only exist now, because I do. The darkness brought them to an ugly, stupid, meaningless end. And now even the trivial moments seem almost sublime. They're gone. They're gone. My mother couldn't save them. All she could do was me. I don't expect you to understand. You're in the middle of it. You can't see it. We didn't see it either, even when we were looking death in the eyes. I cannot endure that again. I am going to the governor's house. I will find the ashes. I will confront the governor. I will try to defeat the darkness. Too many people have already been hurt. Too many people have died in the name of this struggle. With each day, there is more evil in this world. It has to end. And I will end it. But I understand if you want to leave me. He's on the edge of despair. And maybe if someone is with him, he won't fall into the darkness too. He needs an ally. He saved my life, you know. So I say, well, let me check my calendar. Nope, I still don't have any plans. So if it's all the same to you, I'll hang around. He lets his head fall in silent, subtle gratitude. Satya watches him, deeply conflicted. But then she goes to the sink, wets a cloth, and sits beside him, carefully cleaning his face and hair. I told you I would see this to the end with you, and I will. Thank you. All right, let's figure this out, because it's not going to be easy. Rail's right. I've been watching the news, and there's police and armed mobs everywhere. They have fortified the capital, the governor's mansion, and his private home. Police are carefully watching the streets and allowing the mobs to roam freely. Where's the governor now? At the moment, he is at the official residence. Well, of course. That place is probably like a fortress. If he's in there, it's going to be impossible to get to him. We may not get another chance at this. The ashes are in his private home. We need to find a way to get him there to deal with both at the same time. He will be less protected and have fewer guards watching him there. Fewer, sure, but they'll have plenty of state police there. I'm guessing more than we can handle just us. Sajya says, Can we use a diversion? We've used that tactic three times now. I don't think they're going to fall for it again. Not with so many of them. They know we're coming. They're ready for us. We can't distract all of them. Not all, but perhaps enough of them. But we will have to make a sacrifice before they will believe it. And so we hashed it out, though it wasn't easy. We must have spent five hours talking out different ideas, different tactics, trying to find a different way. Ultimately, though, it was Satya who convinced us it would work. It'll all be okay, she said. You'll see. It took us another day to set things up. Rail had to make a few arrangements, leave some digital evidence. I worked with Satya on her part of the plan. By dusk on the second night, we were ready.
Satya and Rael were on the roof, watching the stars appear, holding hands. I was getting a few last things from the RV. I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but I could hear them talking. She says, What will you do about the governor? The governor may not be a good man, but he is a man. If the darkness can be driven out of him, then perhaps he can become better. What if you can't remove the darkness from him? The darkness has to be stopped. You have seen what it can do. Yes, I have. They say nothing for a time. Then she asks, What will you do when this is over? I don't know. Where will you go when this is over? I don't know. Who will you be when this is over? I don't know. Will this ever be over? He is silent. She says, Well, when you know, you know how to find me. I hear her get up and climb down the ladder, so I go to meet her outside. She's trying not to cry, so I pull her into a hug, though I suppose it's as much for me as it is for her. I say, are you ready? She nods. Yeah. It really should be me. No. This is what it has to be. Rail has his purpose, I have mine, and you have yours. And what's mine? You have to drive, duh. I still can't believe that with everything he knows, Rail hasn't figured out how to do that yet. We both laugh a little bit, and then she adds, And you have to keep us safe, Simon. You mean keep him safe? She meets my eyes, earnest and afraid. No, us. Everyone. She gives my hand a squeeze. Okay, I'm ready. Quit looking so worried. I'll be fine. I put a kiss on her forehead. Yeah, you will be, young lady. Moon or bust, Simon? Hmm. Moon or bust. Later, when we're on our way, with just Rail and I sitting next to each other, I could tell he was worried for her, too. He kept looking at the friendship bracelet she had made for him, hanging from his wrist. I said, she'll be all right, trying to sound convincing. They will have no compassion or restraint left. I worry for her. Yeah, I know. I do, too. I mean, she'll be all alone. You won't be able to save her from bullets this time. But Satya knows what she's getting into. She wants this. And I believe in her. What do you mean, I will not be able to save her from bullets? Oh, well, even when Mara had a gun pointed at her head, I I knew she'd be okay. Because you could keep the gun from firing like you did with me. He just stares at me a minute, like he doesn't understand. So I explain. In the barn, when I was, you know, gonna end it all. Simon, I did not stop the shells in your shotgun. What? That is not something I can do. But, but, but how did... I do not know. Perhaps the ammunition was old. I am speechless. I feel sick to my stomach. It was a stupid coincidence. 
All this time, I assumed that he had saved me. He had saved me, hadn't he? Then Mara could have shot Satya. Yes. And the police and soldiers we'll run into. They'll be able to shoot you? Yes. Will, will, will that injure you? Yes. Oh, hell, real. We drive in silence for another few moments. And then I say, You know how to drive, don't you? Yes. Then why am I even here? Because you were a good man, Simon. Because you believed in me. Because you were the first. And because you are my friend. Well, I don't know what to say about that. Except, you're my friend too, Rael. A couple of minutes later, he says, Would you like me to drive? Forget that. With all the stuff you got going on in your head, I want us to get there in one piece. You'd probably run into half the mailboxes on the way there. Hmm. You are probably right. About half an hour after sundown, the governor got a call from Fort Legree with the credible threat of an impending attack against the Capitol and the governor's mansion. There were a couple of things that made the threat credible. One was a video recording of a shadowy figure explaining what they were about to do and how they were going to do it. The other was that an unmanned drone had taken off from the base. It was unresponsive and flying toward the capital. What was worse, the army wasn't sure if the drone was carrying air-to-ground missiles or not. No one remembered ever arming it, but there were orders on file, and the records said it was. There wasn't time to figure out what happened. The target zones must be evacuated. State police cleared the area around both buildings, with panic gripping the city as the news picked up the story and ran hard with it. The police and National Guard fell into disarray, as inexplicably their radios, phones, and comms just stopped working. They became stretched thin, trying to maintain safety and order in the chaotic streets. Most people did the smart thing and went home, locked the door. Those that were already out looking for trouble used the disorder as an excuse to find it. It's one of the things that I regret about that time. The bystander casualties. The property damage. But we're not in the city. We're in the suburbs, where the houses start at half a million dollars. It's a cloudless, moonless night just like the one where Rael and I met. I'm sure there are cameras pointed at us as we go, but they are blind. The gate to the exclusive community where the governor lives slides open for us as we approach. All doors open for Rael tonight. The governor's house was designed by a famous architect. It's on a hilly, heavily wooded lot built on many different levels to be in harmony with the landscape. There's a deck that runs alongside a stream. It's got a central atrium with a skylight. Lots of trees, lots of rocks, lots of shadows. Good for us, but a challenge for security. The state police have set up a couple of cruisers and a SWAT truck in the driveway as a kind of impromptu barricade, with a couple more cars stationed further out on the road to watch the approach. We're not taking that road yet. Rail tells me there's an assault team of four and four other regular police at the house. 
plus the ones on the street. The RV rolls to a stop along a neighboring lane by a lot that borders the governor's property. Rail allows the radios and cell phones to work out here for the moment, so as not to arouse suspicion. It isn't long before the RV is spotted. They know what to look for. They know it's ours. They're getting wise to Rail's deceptions, got all kinds of checks and double checks. But this? This is not a fake order over their headsets. This time, it's real. The cops watching the road are taken off first. The assault team at the house hops into one of the cruisers. It'll be faster than trying to drive their truck on a winding road. We can hear their engines gunning, echoing through the trees and the hills as they give chase. The RV makes it out of the subdivision, past the big gate, before they box it in. Searchlights slam on. The police roll out, guns drawn, shouting, demanding surrender. When there's no immediate reply, the SWAT team advances, their rifles leveled, itching to shoot something. The driver's side window rolls down. And that's when Satya waves one of my old white t-shirts out of it. Don't shoot! I know, I know, I only have a learner's permit. You aren't going to tell my mom, are you? Of course, I wasn't there to see it. But I like to think that even when they dragged her from the cab and slapped the cuffs on, she was smiling. They're so busy arresting her, they don't notice the gate closing behind them. We had argued a lot about who would take the RV, me or her. Going with Rael was probably the more dangerous job. As a juvenile, the authorities might go easier on her especially with the whole kidnapping question. Even so, I was pretty insistent that it should be me, until she took me aside and said, I can't keep running forever. I love Rael, but that's kind of messed up, isn't it? And after our trip through the tunnel, I realized I don't really know him. I mean, can any of us? He's an alien ghost robot. Can he even know himself? I believe in him. I hope that he will do the right thing. But, you know, I I want to finish high school. I want to try to win back my brother. And I know it won't be as simple as that, but I figure none of us are going free after tonight. We need someone to drive the RV. So, let me do it. You know, he loves you too. He's dependent on you to keep him from going too far. That's gotta be you now, Simon. He doesn't need the distraction of his feelings for me getting in the way. Not tonight. He needs his eyes as clear as they can be. So you be the one. Be there for him. With over half the cops now locked out of the subdivision, Rail opened the door to the rental car he had gotten us and stepped out. It is time. Right. I start to get out as well, grimacing. I'm hurting, but the cancer doesn't get to win today. Rail says, Go now, Simon. Hide until this is over. It is not safe for you here. I will see this through. What? No. I'm with you till the end. And here we are. Go. The hell I will. We made a deal. The three of us. Satya would draw them out, 
I'd go with you into the house. I promised. I release you from that promise for your own safety. I didn't promise you. I promised her. There is no need. Go. He starts to walk away. You say the darkness is in there? That I'm not letting you walk in there to face it alone. He clenches his jaw in irritation because he knows what I mean. I can defeat it. Maybe. Maybe not. But you'll stand a better chance with help. You could get hurt. Or worse. I may not be able to protect you. Rael, when we met, I was dead already. All that's come after is a gift. I have nothing to lose. He stares at me. I will do what I must to end this. All the more reason I should come. We're wasting time. Let's go. And so, we do. The Book of Constellations is written, produced, and performed by W. Keith Timms. Music in this episode included Slow Moving Waves by Rest You Sleeping Giant and Contemplate the Stars by Maiden. Additional music by Free Sound Collective. The theme is Cycles by Pictures of the Floating World. For more information, visit bookofconstellations.com. Please tell others about the show. See you next week for the end of Chapter 1. There's something new I want you to hear. It's called The First Episode Of, and it's a podcast about audio drama and the creative process. In each show, I listen to the first episode of an indie audio drama and then have a discussion with the creators about their methods, their struggles, and successes. It's great conversation for anyone interested in storytelling and creativity. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts or at thefirstepisodeof.com. Give it a listen. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.